Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Thursday Mornings with Alex and Don, where Pastor Don answers all of your questions on theology, parenting, and whether he can tell if you're sleeping in church. Enjoy. Please like and subscribe. Pastor Don. Hi. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm pretty good when I can keep warm enough. Well, yeah, that's why we moved to this Amen. into your office here because the sanctuary is just a little chilly. No, no ice, no crystals yet. You know, no right. uh, ice sickles. Yeah, it's cold in there. Yep, we were talking about you know how warm should a pastor's office really be, and Rob is like, oh, if it's too cold, then you know their mustache they get those like walrus knot sickles, and yeah, yeah, and then it's really sad if you have a lady minister and they've got mustache and there you go the same thing yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. We, well, we yeah it's nice to be comfortable in your office yeah it just makes study go a lot easier mm-hmm yep yeah. same thing with tractor cabs you know tractor cabs i still i still see saw or heard i've talked to uh roger brenning and he said he's doing chores out there haying cattle and a this morning in a tractor with no cab i was like oh man my i hope he had a heat hauser on it nope ouch but he was home, and I was talking to him, and I can tell he is still a little bit cold. It takes a while to warm up after that. Amen. Amen. So hopefully everyone has, you know, some f- way of getting warm. And if they don't, I hope they have some friends or obviously call us. Right. You're a handyman. Yep. You can do all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, my daughter called from back east. She was out of electricity for two days oh. after having eight inches of snow. And they were getting chilly by the second day. Yikes. Yeah. That's a bummer. All I've got is my little ice fishing heater. So when it gets really bad, I'll, I'll you know make sure I got a whole bunch of propane tanks and I'll bring that close to the house, to the garage or something, and at least have a place to warm up. Mm-hmm. Yep. So New Year. Mm-hmm. You got any resolutions? Not to get any fatter than I am. Oh, hey, there you go. <laughs> I I didn't go. I'm gonna lose twenty pounds. No, I, I let's keep things realistic this year. You know. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's kind of a, oh, what's a better, well, kind of a half-assed uh, resolution. It is. Which is fun, though, I say that, because mine was to stop swearing so much. So mm-hmm. from here on out, okay, going to give her so a shot. So shall we nurture you in that? Yeah, it? yeah. I caught you on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully make my uh, son swear less. That would be great. Um so do you do it differently? There are New Year's resolutions. I mean, that's a pretty powerful thing as far as like what I've heard from studies from people like having that fresh start is such a... The fresh start piece is really good, but I don't limit it only to New Year's. Okay. Because a lot of times, uh, you know, I, I find that I call it an Ebenezer moment. Mm-hmm. So I've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. And then uh, the Ebenezer piece is I put this marker that this is where I'm at. Uh-huh. And then... I move from there. Okay. So that I can, the, the, the thing about resolutions and so forth is uh, we tend to have m- at least weak moments. Mm-hmm. And with that Ebenezer in place, that on January 1st, 2022, I, I committed to this, I can come back to that Ebenezer and say, okay, well, I'm not going to slip any farther. Yeah. And I'm going to try to get up that hill again. Yeah. And so I don't limit it to January 1. Uh, sometimes it's Easter. Uh, Lent is a good time to, to yep. do that kind of... Uh, Ash Wednesday. That's a good time to put the past behind. Mm-hmm. I like forward. For Easter, I like to do something that's like a real sacrifice. 
where like like I'm not going to give up sweets, you know, for the whole year. Right. I'm not going to cut that completely out of my diet. Like them too much. Um, and they're always around, you know. So I one I one one time I gave up dessert mm. for Easter for Lent, for Lent. Yeah, and no. uh my wife was getting on me. She's like, Are you sure you're eating a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? I was like, Yeah, it's not dessert. She's like, It's a lot of jelly. We're going through a lot of jelly. I'm like, it's not dessert. It's not dessert. It's not, yeah, it's not even close. So But at least it's a reminder. Yeah. You know, sacrifice reflects on what Jesus did, the yeah. sacrifice he made on the cross. And we can give up vanilla ice cream for a period of time mm -hmm. and, and remind ourselves that's just pretty pathetic compared to the cross. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, so like when I did it, I generally we got there weren't a lot of sweets in the house at all, so there wasn't a lot of temptation for me. And I got to think, you know, what if we did have some? Then would it be a little bit different? Would it be a more of a reminder, or would it just drive me insane? And well, I like to put it on the edge of something that's really tempting me in the direction wrong. Like, okay, uh, you know, Facebook. Sure, there's a lot of good in Facebook, and I get a lot of information on Facebook. But it goes down some rabbit trails that I really don't need to be exposed mm -hmm. to. So giving that up for a period of time, yep. it's not a bad deal. I did that for Lent once too. Gave up so social media except for when I had to like post something for Pheasants Forever. Or I didn't think I was doing much for the church page at that time. But Pheasants Forever, I'd go and do that. But that was hard. Man, <laughs> when they talk about how addicting it is just to scroll, just sit there and scroll and scroll, it was crazy. Like I found myself just like scrolling through my pictures I had taken on my phone. That's it was like that much in my head how much I wanted to do that. It's and then it brings you back and yeah. you say, okay, I I'm aware now mm -hmm. that yeah. I have a little too much of that. I won't indulge quite as much. Yeah, yeah. I wish I, there's lots of things that are that way. Oh yeah, I mean that's how a lot of people make money around and just something that's going to grab your attention. Mm -hmm. That's hard. That's yeah. true. Yep. Um, okay. So I got a question from someone I know. I'm not going to use names, but I thought it was a really good question. It's a real person. It's, it's, a real not, person. it's not okay. me. Okay. It's not me. Okay. Okay. So his wife's mom died from cancer. Okay. okay. She's a solid Catholic, he says, or her. Proper Catholic uh, ceremony, burial. Um, but the husband is very Jewish and respected all the ceremonies up until about until they got to the grave site and then kind of finished it off with reading a Jewish prayer, uh, Kaddish. Kaddish? Kaddish, yeah. Kaddish. Uh, so the question is, how does a man of faith feel when those two worlds collide? And is there something about, you know, unwanted prayer that could you know his concern is like that you didn't really respect their religion is that that unwanted prayer maybe that you don't know it could alter you know their path in the afterlife or something like that alter the person who has passed away correct i think that one's pretty well set okay uh the collision of the world of the two cultures that's a real thing that's tough and, and uh it's almost parallel to what happened when Jesus came. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Catholicism is a little different than Protestant, but it's still uh, a Christian faith. And yeah, it's different. 
possibly the biggest thing that people will notice around that gravesite then is the ill at ease that people are with differences. And, yeah. and that's the piece, I guess, I, I come back to this side and say, uh-oh, what's that going to do to their grief cycle? Yeah. Because all of a sudden there might be something to focus on other than what they should be focusing on in their grief. Yeah. And so if I was, say, the, the priest uh, overseeing that, I'd maybe put that in a, a different framework mm -hmm. as something that that individual wants to offer on their yeah. behalf yeah. doesn't reflect her beliefs right. or things like that. But uh, the other side of it, he may needed that for his grief. Yeah. And so there, there's a whole plethora of things that we as clergy get the unique opportunity <laughs> yeah. to weigh out in the midst of a service and say, have you thought of how this will fit with everything else that's being mm -hmm. said this morning? Yeah. Uh, and we get the, the joy of working on those things. Right. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, if this, it kind of bothered this person. It's kind of like, you know, why would you do that? Um, because I, I I thought about it. I got this question a while back, and I was like, like you said, unease with the difference of opinions on that kind of thing, different beliefs. But yeah, that you know, the husband, you know, he had. If there's two strong beliefs there, and with religion, it's very, you know, you're set. That was maybe that was his way, and I would assume it would be this is his way of his grief process, and also. You know, he thinks she's wrong. Obviously, being married for how many years, and it's his way of of love saying, "I want to give this prayer to you because I'm right." You know, and obviously like he got the last word in, sort of. Well, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure, but you know, maybe that was the spot in the whole you know arranged burial funeral process where he's like, "Ah, oh, doesn't say that it has to end here or that I can't." do this right. so i'm going to slip this in at the i don't know yeah and i don't know what the prayer was but you know there are two separate schools among the jews as to whether there's an afterlife or not okay a resurrection or not and so uh well he was described as uber jewish so what school uber jew what, hasidic jew sure because that would be what the, the the hair down the side where you let the sideburns grow long okay and what would they be they would what's they their, would be very very afterlife yeah focused well, yeah. Okay. They just keep the Old Testament to the okay. dot and tittle. Mm-hmm. And, and so that could be. That makes sense. Um, so just kind of branching off of that question then is, you know, for people who do have a difference of religious beliefs with their spouse, um, I guess I should say first off, like if you're a younger person and you're looking for the next person you're going to marry, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times men, you know, we get caught up with the beauty, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. beautiful mm -hmm. girls, you know, and uh, I've even had kids be, or younger men be like, you know, what do you, how do you know who to, who to marry? Who, which right. one do you marry? Like, what's the more important thing? I'm like, make sure your ideals are tight. I mean, you're not going to be the same person. Opposites attract. Like, right. We know that. But if you want to have a very good foundation, make sure those ideals align very well. And, uh, if they don't, it's okay, but I would minimize the. I mean, you could opposites do attract. I'd minimize the distraction in faith. 
Yeah. If you can find someone of your same faith, uh, Paul says very clearly, don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Bottom line. I mean, that is said square in Scripture. Uh, but there's a whole lot of other ways we can differ that are fine. What I think is unique about the couple that you brought up in your illustration is the fact that they respected each other enough to stay together. Yeah. And then if he continued to be uber Jewish and she uber Catholic, and they both were able to non-anxiously share their faith with their children, man, those kids got a really good, diverse exposure to a big conversation. Mm -hmm. However, if they didn't, which I'm not sure. Well, and I'll say I'm not sure. Um, I did attend the wedding, and it was a, a Jewish wedding. Now, and and some other stuff sprinkled in. I, I would say it's not. It wasn't a traditional type of wedding, but the glass got stomped on at the end. Okay. Right. So it could be the case that because there was such a budding of heads there, that it's difficult for the kid to see the importance in either one of them and just choose to leave it all together because you know if if they can't get along with their two different beliefs well then it's much easier not to believe anything and and so and then and as a parents they might minimize how they expose the kids just because they didn't want to confuse the kids yeah and so that those two scenarios are on the negative side. The, the positive scenario, and one that I'd like to push a little bit more yeah. in thinking today is, can we respect each other well enough to be able to speak our opinions without throwing the other person out of the room? I mean, I've the conversations of depth on any issue that I've gained the most from are those who I respect the person. Yeah. I respect they've taken time to do some, some thinking about it, mm-hmm. and I gain a great deal from their insights. Yeah, even though we totally disagree on the subject. Um, yeah, on the outcome of the subject. So, uh, yeah, my my thing that's bothered me greatly about the like the human sexuality conversations is that we don't talk about it. Yeah, and we disrespect the people on the other side rather than saying, you know, I like this person. I'd like to hear their perspective mm-hmm. and respect them, even though they don't agree with me. Yeah, and I—I I know a lot of people like that too. I think those are much richer conversations. Oh, aren't they though? Yeah, than this uh, throwing each other to the ditch. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, that doesn't get it for me. Yeah, I find when I, when I argue with anything for something that I strongly believe. Which, if you know my personality, is yeah. almost everything, it yeah. seems. Um, um, my wife has told me so. And it's, I mean, I'm not throwing anyone out of a room or anything, but I can get people to leave a room when I get to the point because I come prepared. Oh, oh yes. You, you do. know, well prepared. Well prepared. But at sometimes it's like I've got a rebuttal for everything and I have a hard time listening to. Well, maybe not listening, but empathizing with where they're coming from. So it's it's difficult that way. So, but. It is difficult. And and I like to listen in the conversation for the things that I do affirm 
Yeah. And then uh, bring questions about, so how does that flesh out? Right. In, in, the, in the practice. Yeah. It, it, it would be, it's much faster and easier. Just throw them under the bus and be done with this conversation. Yeah. They don't know. They don't, they don't understand. Well, on social media, it's has set up that way. Perfect place for yeah. it. Yep. But uh, the richer conversations are when we actually have enough respect, time, and energy, because it takes energy to have those kind of conversations, and engage respectfully. Yeah. And where are the points of differences? Uh, so many times I think we heighten the differences so high that we alienate all the all the all the similarities yeah instead of saying and taking into account what do we all agree on i think we've done that between christian denominations yeah what are all the things we agree about and then so what do we do with these how do we practice these things we disagree about mm -hmm. uh, baptism yep and uh and do it well amongst each other i mean respect each other there are theological arguments that yeah. can be used you can respect people you disagree with. It's very easy. Or, it's doable. It's doable. It's not always easy. No. And especially when you're putting it into practice in a congregation, say. Yeah. Then that makes it much more difficult. Mm -hmm. But Like take the example that I gave of, of this person seeing their parents or seeing their in-laws butting heads on all these things, never agreeing on any of it. You... <laughs> It might. It probably looks at some point in time that it that they don't really respect themselves. So what would be the point? I would never. Then I'm not going to believe any of that. You know, we. It's hard to see the because we've all seen like couples, and I'll uh, I'll I'll throw my sister and her husband on the bus. They argue a lot, and they've said openly, "We like it." Ooh. And so the making up part probably is good. Sure. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> That's fun. Um. But sometimes it's just like, oh, how can they be this way? And then the other times they're just, they are so happy together. And they have, through that arguing, you can see where they've worked these things through, even though you don't see the rest of it. Yeah. Because it's always like, how can you treat this person? Oh, those people like to argue. It's like, well, you don't really see how they've worked through it, how they've stayed married for so many years, even though you're seeing those differences so like what would you say to this person who's like who saw you know their parents not uh, not come together on something as important as what do you believe right what would you say or what kind of guidance what kind of guidance yeah because uh i i don't know what they see right and i i wasn't there to witness that personally uh each life i think we need to get, glean the good stuff mm-hmm um, yeah, mom and dad may not have agreed on where to go on Saturday and Sunday in their faith journey. Mm -hmm. But what did they agree on? And yeah. what were their examples good about? Mm -hmm. uh, this thing about parenting and, and grandparenting now, we are living an example to the next generation of how to live yeah. and how to die. Right. Um, we really need to up our game on how we do it well. The, the the doing it well 
I'm not sure she can ever, or that individual can ever understand what was going through their heads. Mm -hmm. But understand that she's looking at it from her point of view, right, rather than theirs. Yeah. And obviously, if they stayed together, there must have been something positive holding yeah. together. Yeah. Oh, tons of respect. Yeah. You know, boy, if you can live that out, that respect out in all your relationships, that's a major gift. That's a good point. We kind of brought that full circle. Is that when two, when you can be around somebody that you disagree with on something so fundamental, something that is deep within your core, being uber Catholic, uber Jewish, and still make that work for so many years, raising kids, the amount of respect that was there had to be like immense, the top, yeah. you know? I mean, that almost seems unattainable, honestly. But yeah, that, that's a good summary on that too. Major. Mm-hmm. That's something we probably all learned some stuff from. Well, and and then I'd come back to the to the graveside. Uh, he he needed to say something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was aching for that mate that he lost. Yeah, and it might have just seemed like he was doing it too, because he thought he was right. But that's what you're saying is is that it's yeah. We well, don't know what you feel on the inside. As a pastor, I, I usually try to make sure that the family has some tangible way to participate in the, in sure. the funeral or the graveside. Uh, for, for me, I, I didn't preach my son's funeral, uh, didn't participate. We did have a song we put in there. But at the graveside, uh, I, I, I shoveled dirt. Mm -hmm. yeah. that, that made it real. Yep. And that's a part of a grief process. So if that's why that prayer was there, I'd say it needed to be there. Yep. That's good. Good. Well, hopefully that is a good answer. That's, that definitely is a good answer for me. Um, it's the best I've got this morning. Yeah. See. <laughs> We're already at 20 minutes. So oh. I think that we'll probably close this episode out with that. Um, we'll do something a little different. You say out a little prayer for us sure. to close this out. Great. Heavenly Father, Thank you for this opportunity to be together, to uh, touch the lives of others that we don't even know who's on the other side of the camera. But Lord, we do pray that the conversation here this morning would bless someone's life. We pray, Heavenly Father, that this video might get to the right person at the right time to maybe address some of the things they're feeling this day. Most, uh, most over everything else, Lord, we pray that this time has been spent to your honor and to your glory, Lord. In the name of Christ Jesus, our risen Savior. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, until next time, keep warm. You too. All right. Take care. Take care.